0: Hey everyone, this is our part three of the military unions series where we kind of talk about different sorts of unionization in the military, what purpose it served. In this one we talk a little bit about the anti-war sentiments within the union and in the military in the Netherlands. If you'd like the full thing, become a patron at patreon.com workstoppage. It's the only way that we get any funding for doing this show, and so we really, really appreciate it. Otherwise, we hope that you enjoy this little preview in solidarity. We should ask, what sort of militancy actually came out of the VVDM from these more emboldened, unionized soldiers? To start, there was the growing, dis- growing disdain around the concept of saluting. In 1970, Hank Vanderhorst, which was the easiest name in the whole episode, <laughs> made a, a public degr- declaration that he would no longer participate in saluting anyone. He got a lot of support from his fellow conscripts, but seemingly for the first time, Command was really not happy about this. Hmm. He was quickly sentenced to eight months in jail. The VVDM... Respond well, and eight months in jail is actually a real sentence compared, like that we saw so often in like the United States, and that we will see in many other uh, kind of repressive situations around like organizing in the military. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the first time that we're seeing this in the VVDM. And uh, you know, the VVDM responded to the outrage of the fellow unionist and began to organize a defense campaign for Vanderhorst. The way that they went about this was actually pretty good too. Instead of just focusing on the defense of one union member, they began a campaign of resistance in the spirit of the original protest. The union declared July 1st, 1970 to be National Saluting Day, where the soldiers were supposed to salute literally every one of their fellow conscripts and civilians and basically anyone.
1: This is so funny.
0: It really feels like all of the Dutch protests are incredibly sarcastic.
1: Clown world. (laughs) Unbelievable clown country. I mean, (laughs) I would be impressed if they hadn't caused so much damage to the world in the process of being this big of a bunch of
2: goobers. Yeah.
0: And the press covered it widely at the time.
2: Just like... Go- going, getting off the subway station, and saluting the guy who hands you the, your stro- morning stroop waffle. Yeah, yeah Hello, exactly. Stroop
1: Waffle man. Hello, housewife. <laughs> Hello, little dog on the street. Hello, man on bicycle. <laughs> Just saluting everybody. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, you no, know and I, I do, I think that it really merits that that kind of hilarity because it's, it's certainly what they were trying to get out of it, but the military didn't budge. They shocker. Uh, <laughs> the, the following year, when National Saluting Day came around again in, in 1971, you know they kept it up. But to escalate uh, this day, thousands of cards were sent to the Ministry of Defense protesting required saluting. So they kind of stepped it up uh, in the next year, and there was still nothing. So in 1972, the plan was to not salute at all. And some of the soldiers instead clapped, waved, or cheered for their commanding officers instead of saluting. Unbelievable.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. It's so funny to me to think of the reaction that this would get in the U.S.
1: military.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
1: They would shoot your ass. Yes.
2: (laughs) Which is the thing. It's like there's a reason that this has never been tried in the U.S. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then
0: finally in 1973, with a change in the national leadership of Holland from the center-right party, akin to the U.S. Democrats, to the Social Democratic Party, the Ministry of Defense did change the policy of the military... to one where the officers were expected to earn the salute through the respect of lower ranks effectively making saluting optional
1: i love this four years of fucking struggle four years and then like they get a slightly not as reactionary government and they're like you know what officers should have to earn respect all right back to work
2: Yeah, I mean, again, it, I, I'm still surprised they got this, and I'm surprised they didn't have a big revolt from, like, the officer corps over this sort of thing. Because, like, yeah, ultimately, from the the, the like, executive committee of the bourgeoisie perspective, this, again, as long as you are still basically have unit cohesion within your military – uh, and you're not having active revolt. This doesn't really matter that much. But to, again, to military ideology, that that is huge. Like that mm-hmm. is a huge shift away from the discipline that they want. So I am ge- I'm genuinely surprised that they even got that much. It does all.
1: It kind of gives me the. I hate to be the pessimist this whole time. It does kind of give me the vibes of the Dutch military or the government Ministry of Defense basically saying like, all right, all right. Instead of authoritarian dad style boss, all the commanding officers. Now, have to be buddy, buddy, pizza party, annoying, up your ass all the time style boss. Great change, everyone.
2: Now, when you do your daily morning briefing, you are not allowed to stand up at the podium. What you have to do is you have to spin the chair around and sit on it backwards like the cool substitute. Yeah, what if the
1: military was run by youth pastors? (laughs) Exactly,
2: exactly. Oh man, I think it kind of is. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: the next campaign started similar to the fights that were uh, highlighted in the first episode with soldiers refusing to get a haircut in May of 1971. The court martial of soldiers culminated in a two-year jail sentence, uh, yeah. which was not on, was not uh, not only particularly harsh, but also upset many of the fellow soldiers and civilians. And this led to the first collective demonstration on a military base in the Netherlands, where three hundred soldiers led a protest. And there were also civilian demonstrations held at the time. Due to the major backlash, the government folded and declared that haircuts were now optional in July.
1: Nailing this, guys.
0: Two months. (laughs) <laughs> Two months and they got their, the, the haircut policy changed, which is wild to me. And this led to the Dutch military uh, gaining the unique title, the Hippie Army, although they preferred to call themselves the Hair Force.
1: Hell yeah. 1970s television. The Dutch are getting very, very good at American English because they have opted to receive American style broadcasting instead of British broadcasting. A very, Ugh. very important cultural moment for the Dutch. <laughs> 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 Interesting.
2: <laughs> oh man, I I gotta say, look. Obviously, we know ultimately that the the union didn't fulfill its lofty revolutionary mm-hmm. militant purposes. But this is a lot more than I expected any of them to get. So, well, and it, I, I, I'll give them some credit for that, even if their methods of protesting are very goofy and extremely specifically Dutch.
1: Yeah, guys, yeah. enjoy your curry worst. You earned it. <laughs>
2: I I mean, and like I
0: said in the beginning, this is going to be the best example of of an outcome. And again, well, you said like as, you know, like a kind of a revolutionary like goal of sorts, they didn't actually really have that. So I I just want to be clear that like- that's partially one of the reasons why I think they got a lot of this stuff was because yeah. they were not anywhere close to that sort of perspective.
1: Yeah, well, congratulations like you said, you know, on limiting your scope appropriately within a liberal capitalist framework, which is something that is not worth doing most of the time, and is also exceptionally difficult, and almost never accomplishes anything, so I'm, <laughs> I'm the most weirdly impressed I've ever been.
2: <laughs> to be Becoming successful purely by standing there and pointing to the BVD and being like, hey, we're not them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's literally how the, how the Netherlands was founded, though. They just pointed at Germany and they're like, we're not them. And everyone <laughs> collectively agreed and boom, new country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with these victories, the VVDM decided that it had gotten some good wins and decided to move into a cooling off period.
2: <laughs> Voluntarily? Why?
1: <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Look, we've we've been really behind on making sure that our paperwork is super super neatly organized.
2: <laughs> we've been winning and getting better and doing more and more things. All right, perfect time to quit. what do you think this is gambling
1: (laughs) well look this is not a capitalist institution so why would we do things good for a long time that's the only (laughs) institutions in the netherlands that do things good for a long time is ones that literally suck money out of people's life forces
0: yeah i well and i mean like this actually ended up being kind of a naive expectation as they had You know, recently encouraged union members to act and the command was kind of tired of giving concessions because, as we just pointed out, they gave quite a few concessions. Mm -hmm. And due to the pressure from command, the Ministry of Defense moved to ban the newspapers distributed by the VVDM. First, the editors of the Dutch Left Face newspaper, which is the same name as the popular USGI newspaper, uh, were openly accused of demoralizing the army. And then in the fall of 1971, the repression escalated with two editors of a different paper, Alarm, one of them being from the BVD, were sentenced to several months' detention. This led to even more protests. The fights would go on for several more years until more progressive members of the government put enough pressure to end the repression, for the most part, allowing soldiers freedom of expression, or at least freedom from legal repercussions from leadership, I guess. Mm. This didn't allow newspapers to do whatever they wanted, but... While this qualification was made in the book, it was not clear what restrictions still remained in place. So, oh, I
1: love this when you when you go so rules lawyer for so long that you end up down this deranged rabbit hole and you literally cannot tell which rules are real and which ones are not anymore.
0: Yeah, it, so like they didn't. I'm I'm guessing they didn't have full uh, editorial oversight mm. of what was printed. Well,
2: I I mean, imagine it's largely like, look, you can print your newspaper and it can have some criticisms about like, oh, they make us march too long or like, oh, the packs are too heavy. But let's not be talking about this like changing military policy shit. That's not happening. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would imagine the conversation. Well, but and I mean, been... like speculation, going... but based on how things have been going, I imagine it was. like Well, and
0: relevant. I read a couple of GI newspapers, at least the American ones, and very often they had like, uh, like history of like why there were conflicts and other sorts of like, just kind of historical analysis of you know what was what the military was like or or like in certain things and. Different purposes and just like also reporting on protests and actions and such. So if there was a protest, it probably was covered in these newspapers. Um, And so, as I mentioned before, the Dutch army ended up being, you know, one of the best paid armies in Europe. And that effort really came in 1973 with with National Compensation Week. They just love declaring days and weeks for things.
1: They love holidays. The Dutch love holidays. You should see how they do Christmas. It's very racist.
3: (laughs) Ons landje met zijn velden, met zijn bossen en zijn strand Geeft ons altijd een trots gevoel, dat kleine Nederland. Geeft ons altijd een trots gevoel, dat kleine Nederland. We bouwen sterke deken tegen het water van de zee. We dragen dan ons landje ook in onze harten mee. We dragen dan ons landje ook in onze harten mee. En daar pak u fiets. Water is geweken, maar thans breekt een nieuw gevaar. Op Soesterberg en Volkels staan atoomraketten klaar. Op Soesterberg en Volkels staan atoomraketten klaar. Wat doen we met die dingen, wat hebben wij eraan? Als jen die naar de bliksem wil, laat hem dan zelf maar gaan. Want komt er ooit een oorlog, als hier raketten staan. Dan helpt de sterkste rek ons niet, dan gaan we naar de maan. Ons landje met zijn velden, met zijn bossen en zijn strand, geeft ons altijd een trots, zo voel dat kleine Nederland. Geeft ons altijd een trots, zo voel dat kleine Nederland. We bouwen sterke denken tegen de water van de zee. We dragen dan ons landje ook in onze harten mee. We dragen dan ons landje ook in onze harten mee. En daarom pak je fiets. Is Maar dan stijgt een nieuw gevaar Op Soesterberg en Volkel Staan atoomraketten klaar Op Soesterberg en Volkel Staan atoomraketten klaar Met die atoomraketten Al zijn ze nog zo klein Kan heel ons lieve Nederland voor goed vernietigd zijn Staan hier geen monsters, Geen tafel en geen staart Zal hier op niets ontbranden En de vrede blijft bewaard Ons landje met zijn velden, met zijn bossen en zijn strand Geeft ons altijd een trots gevoel, dat kleine Nederland Geeft ons altijd een trots gevoel, dat kleine Nederland We bouwen sterke deken tegen het water van de zee We dragen dan ons landje ook in onze harten mee We dragen dan ons landje ook in onze harten mee En daarom pak u fiets, ga niet aan de hand Het water is te weken, maar dan strijgt een nieuw gevaar. Op Soesterberg en Vogels staan atomraketten klaar. Op Soesterberg en Vogels
2: staan atomraketten klaar.